Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Tonight, we're going to talk about Samson. We're going to go over the life of Samson and, uh, this life stretches from Judges 13 through 16. It's like an awesome story. Like, I encourage you after this to read about the life of Samson. And um, so during this time when Samson uh, was, you know, doing his thing, uh, Israel has been taken over by the Philistines for 40 years. So Israel was taken over uh, by the, this outside country, and they they were being ruled over for 40 years before Samson um came to the picture and see when Samson before Samson was even born he was dedicated to God it said that his parents um, were uh, barren they weren't able to have children until the power of God um, came upon him right who knows that things are dead until God comes in the picture right so they weren't they weren't able even to have Samson until God came into the picture and said hey look I know y'all are barren but you're gonna have a son and he's gonna be dedicated to me and so that son was named Samson. And something you got to know about Samson is that he was a Nazarite. You're saying, what's a Nazarite? Well, a Nazarite is, was somebody who is dedicated to doing um, to God's will during his entire life. Like, he is dedicated from womb to death. He's a Nazarite. He's, he's, he's set apart. But there's some rules that a Nazarite has to follow. And... So there, there are these three rules that if you're a Nazarite, that you have to follow them. And it's, it's these three. It's, um, he couldn't touch anything dead. Uh, Samson, during his entire life, he couldn't touch anything that was dead. Uh, he could not shave his head. He couldn't cut his hair. And the last thing is that Samson could not drink any wine or he couldn't even touch grapes. They wouldn't even let him touch grapes. So that was some rules of a Nazarite. And so Samson was chosen. And it said Samson became a judge over Israel. And what a judge was, a judge was basically like the leader over them. He was kind of like a superhero. He was kind of like a real-life superhero. Because Samson, if you ever read his story, he was he had like God-given strength and ability. In fact, it says that one time that Samson killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Doesn't even think it's pretty crazy? Like, I don't know what he had in his, I guess he just... Use what's around you, right? I guess he just looked around, saw the jawbone of a donkey, and said, okay. And he killed a thousand Philistines. What I'm trying to say is that he had God-given ability and power. So I'm just, I'm telling, I'm giving you some context of who Samson was. So Samson, you know, he, he's this powerful guy. He's the leader of Israel. All the Philistines who is um, over them, they're, they're scared of Samson because they see that the hand of God is upon him. And so Samson's life was going great until he meets this girl named Delilah. A lot of, a lot of y'all know this story. He, he falls in love with this girl named Delilah. And when the Philistines see that he's in love with this girl, they convince Delilah to say, hey, look, he's very close to you. So get him to tell you what his weakness is. Because we know he has to have a weakness. Every man has a weakness. So get him to tell you what his weakness is. And we'll pay you for it. And so Delilah said, okay. And so she 
tries to get the secret out of him. Like, hey, Samson, what's your secret? What, what, is, what is the way that, that you can be defeated? And she keeps on asking him and pestering him. In fact, Samson tells her three times a, like a lie of what his secret is. He's like, oh, if you tie me up in rope, then I'll, you know, you can defeat me. She's like, oh, for real? And she tells the Philistines that, and then they tie him up in rope, and then he's like, psych, and he breaks out of it, and he's like, beats everybody up. And he does that three different times. He, he tells Delilah a lie that isn't really his, his secret, but he, he, he keeps on entertaining Delilah this way. And this is where we pick up in Scripture. In Judges chapter 16, 15 to 21 is where we pick up. And it reads this, it says, Then Delilah pouted, How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? Let me tell you something. Since Valentine's is tomorrow, if your boyfriend or girlfriend constantly tell you, well, if you really loved me, you do this and that, you know, that might be a red flag. But anyways, um, and as we continue, he says, you've made fun of me three times now, right? He, he told her three times the wrong thing, right? He, he was just messing with her. He, he was telling her a lie. He said, you, messed, you made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it, right? Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how strong you are. If you let things that torment you stick around, eventually you're going to give in, right? So for some reason, he let this girl stick around. I don't know why. And then verse 17 says, Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. He said, My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with their money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and, gave, and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. Who knows, he, pray, he paid a price for telling people his secrets, right? I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him the title of the message tonight and say, it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, let's pray. God, I thank you for bringing us together under this roof to hear your word tonight, Father. I thank you for open minds and soft hearts. God, I thank you that you have a word tonight to share with us that it's going to give us a revelation into who you are. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Now, when I was putting this message together, and I had, like, it's a trap title of mine, I could only think of one thing. And it's a funny little meme, but I thought of it. I said I had to throw it up there. And it's this. Does anybody remember this from Star Wars? That meme, uh, General Akbar, you know, he's like, it's a trap. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, uh, the empire was, you know, tricked him, and then he realized to the last second, and he was like, oh, it's a trap. So whenever I thought of that, I thought of that. So anyways, I had to share that. I'm sorry. Okay. But when you read the story of Samson, right, 
you can't help but want to like slap him around, shake him and say, can't you see that Delilah is like tricking you? Can't you see you're in the middle of a trap, right? Like whenever I read that story, I'm like, how could you be so dumb? How can you not realize it's so obvious you're in the middle of a trap? But in the same way, right, we can look back at our own lives, look at the mistakes and the decisions that we've made and think, man, how did I not realize that that relationship was a trap, right? How did I not realize that, that situation that I was in was a trap that I put in on my own will? How, did I, how could I be so dumb, right? Because something I realized about traps is, right, we don't realize we're in one until it's too late, right? And before we realize that we've done something, we've made a mistake, the damage has already been done. But that's what tonight is going to be about. Tonight, we're going to take a look at Samson's life and try to take away some things from it. See, the traps that we usually get in today usually begin by looking innocent, right, and inviting before proving to be destructive, dangerous, and deadly. You see, sin always promises pleasure and happiness, but only delivers pain and heartache. So tonight, we're going to look at the life of Samson. We're going to look at the mistakes he made so maybe we can gleam off it and so we can realize what it looks like, what the warning signs, you will, of what being trapped looks like. So maybe we can get out before it's too late. Are you all ready tonight? So... The first thing, now, remember, Samson is a Nazareth, right? I, I explained that, right? He couldn't touch anything dead, right? He couldn't, um, he couldn't shave his head. He couldn't cut his hair. He couldn't um, drink wine. He, he couldn't even touch grapes. But when you read Judges chapter 14, 5 through 6, it says this. It says, as Samson and his parents were going to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards, of Timnah. At that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat, but he didn't tell his mother or father about it. What was interesting was, when I read that scripture, is that Samson is forbidden to drink wine, right? To touch grapes, but he's hanging out in a vineyard, right? What is this guy doing he knows he's not allowed to drink wine. He's been taught since birth he can't touch grapes, right? He said, hey, look, he said, that, you know, his parents would always tell him, say, Samson, you know, God separated you from, from birth, right? He, his hand is over you. You're, you're a Nazarite. You can't do these things, right? You have a covenant with God. So what was Samson doing at a vineyard, right? What he was doing, and one of the signs that shows that if you're trapped, is he was testing his temptations, Right? testing his temptations. And I like to know, no, like how many people do you know, like they, they try to see how close they can get to the edge or so they see how close they can get to a problem without actually doing it, right? They want to see how much they can get away with, right? That's what Samson was doing. You want to see how much he could, how close he could get to, to like a huge mistake without actually doing it. I like to call these people edgy Christians, right? You know, I thought, I was like, man, they're edgy. Right? You know, everybody knows these, these edgy Christians, right? They get so close to the edge, right? They say, Jesus, I'm not doing it, right? They get so close to the edge and say, hey, hey I'm, not, I'm not actually going to do it, but I'm, I want to see how close I can get to sin without actually letting it take over my life, right? They're these edgy Christians, right? They're testing their temptations. Samson was testing his temptations. Let me tell you, we're not, we're, God did not save us 
for us to live on the edge of following him, right? But he saved us so we could fully step into his glory and fully accept his calling. And we can't do that if we're constantly on the edge of our obedience, right? If we're constantly seeing what's the least amount we can do and what's the most we can get away with. But that is what Samson was doing. And that's why he found himself trapped. But the thing is, he did it again. Another thing I think is funny, right? He, he visits a vineyard, and out of nowhere, a lion attacks, right? Something like, that had to be God, right? Tell him, like, hey, you know you're not supposed to be here. Like, right, a lion pops out of nowhere and attacks you. And instead of saying, oh, wait, you know what, that's a sign. Let me leave. He was like, oh, I'm going to fight it off and stay. So, you know, God's always going to send something to remind you of who you are, right? But he does, he does it again. I want, I want you all to check this out. And in a couple of verses later, uh, chapter 14, 8 through 9, it says, Later he returned to Timnah for the wedding. He turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion, and he found that a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. He scooped some of the honey into his hands and ate it along the way. He also gave some to his father and mother, and they ate it. But he didn't tell them he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. This guy's not supposed to touch anything dead, right? That's one of the rules. But yet he sees the dead lion, and he sees something sweet in it. And so he tries. I can, I can just picture it now, right? He's scooping out that honey. He's getting so close to the lion, right? So close, but he knows there's something so sweet. But So he, he's getting so, he's testing his temptations. So that's what I want you all to see is that Samson was trying to see how much he could get away with without breaking his covenant with God. And that's a dangerous game to play. I believe, that, and that's the whole reason why he would never tell his parents what he was doing because they probably slap him around, right? They say, what are you doing, right? Why are you risking God's promises this for a short-term pleasure like honey, right? But yet we do that in our lives all the time, right? We, we, we know what God's promised us. We know what God's calling us to do, but yet we see these short-term pleasures and we think it's worth it. And so many times we sacrifice our promise for five seconds and five minutes, right? So let me tell you, if you continually test your temptations, eventually you will fail, no matter how strong or disciplined or spiritual you think you are, right? I, I used to have this friend, because I went to a Bible school, and he'd be like, oh, man, I could be do anything, be anywhere. My spirit man's strong. Like, you know, I could resist. You know, he's talking about girls, right? You know, he's saying, like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you know, I could stay over at my crush's house, and I wouldn't do anything because I have a strong spirit man. I'm like, dude, that ain't smart. I don't care how smart how disciplined, how strong you think you are. If you continually test your temptations, eventually you're going to fail. And that's what Samson did. See, we, wait, what the scriptures say, say, right, we were called to flee temptation, not test or entertain it. So that's my first point is, is how to recognize if you're trapped is, am I testing my temptations? Are y'all, did y'all, are y'all enjoying tonight? And the next thing I want to talk about is Judges 15, 20, and uh, uh, through 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 1. It, it says this. It says, Samson judged Israel for 20 years during the period when the Philistines dominated the land. Right? 20 years passed in that one verse. One verse, 20 years right there. And then if you continue, it says, One day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. It made me wonder, how can a man who is so disciplined and called by God 
do something so terrible so nonchalantly, right? Like, this is a man of God. He's the leader over Israel. He's called by God, but all of a sudden, he just nonchalantly, right, sleeps with a prostitute, right? Something had to happen. What was happening? Because I believe that 20 years passed, right? It says that 20 years passed, with, and nothing mentioned of he was doing anything, right? 20 years passed, right? If, if he would have done something important, it would have mentioned it, right? But nothing was mentioned in those 20 years. I believe what happened is that he began to get relaxed in his routine. And that's my second point, is he began to be relaxed in his routine, right? And he became satisfied with past success because he just got done by killing a thousand Philistines. Everybody thinks he's untouchable. And so he thought, you know what, I've done enough. And he became relaxed and he, he became satisfied. But let me tell you something, right? Never be satisfied with what God done for you today, right? And, and continue that forever, right? God, there's always more with God. There's always more God wants for us. So don't let yesterday's victory be tomorrow's highlight, right? Don't let what happened yesterday, right, and just sit on that. Because let me say, God is a God of tomorrow, and he always has things more and abundantly for us. And that, that's what I think what's happened, right? Samson got relaxed in his routine, and he started doing things he never thought he would do. It's just because he, he got relaxed. And all of a sudden, because let me tell you, your comfort zone is easily contaminated, right? And if you find yourself in a loop and you're doing the same thing over and over and you're not pushing yourself to be a better person or you're not trying to get closer to God, let me tell you something. You might find yourself in a trap. You might, you might be trapped without even knowing it. Because let me tell you, the enemy loves your comfort zone because he knows your calling isn't in your comfort zone. And so the longer he can keep you relaxed and comfortable and away from the calling of God, he knows he can keep you from the promises that God has for us. So that's why we, we, we can't get relaxed with our routine. Because, you know, God did not save us to be comfortable. God saved us to be impactful, right? God did not save us from sin so that we would just have, you know, a really relaxed day. He saved us from sin so that we could change the world, right? And so we can impact others. And we can't do that in our comfort zone. That's why 20 years passed in the scripture without any mention of Samson, because I believe in those 20 years, he grew comfortable and he got stuck in his comfort zone. And so that's my second point is don't get relaxed in your routine. I'm almost done. We've got a few more points left. But the third thing I want to talk about is acting arrogant. I think this is one of the things that he was doing. And, it, and here's the definition of arrogant. It, re, it reads this. It says, having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's importance or abilities. You see, Delilah was tricking and tempting Samson for months, right? Like that story we talked about didn't just happen in one night or one week. It said days passed by, weeks passed by while Delilah was tempting Samson. And I believe something happened in those weeks. I think that Samson started to grow, and he started to become arrogant and thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm strong and powerful because of my own abilities, not because of who God is. And when you start questioning whether or not it's more about you and not about God, that's when you find yourself trapped. And I believe he was acting arrogant in that, in that moment. Because I, I think Samson, I think he was a smart guy. I don't think he ever planned on really telling Delilah his secret. 
because, you know, he, he could see the writing on the wall. He knew that, right, nothing good was going to come out of it. But I think arrogance came upon him, and he started thinking, is it really my covenant with God that makes me strong and powerful, or is it my ability, right? Because he, he's, he's known that his whole life. I think his arrogance led him to tell Delilah his secret because it stretched over months. He began to think that maybe he is so strong and powerful because of his ability, not because of who God was. See, pride comes before the fall when you start putting more trust in yourself rather than God. And when you start trusting your own abilities and not God's ability to make you a better person, that is when you can get trapped in life. And that's acting arrogant. And I believe that Samson, right, he, ne- he never wanted to tell Delilah, but it was over time, right, over those months that he began to think, you know what, maybe, maybe I am powerful and strong because I work out, not because God called me to do this, right? And so he acted arrogant, and eventually he told Delilah his secret. And so that's the third thing is if you're trying to notice if you're trapped is acting arrogant. And the fourth thing, fourth thing is, you want to turn with me to Judges chapter 6, verse 4, it reads this. And this is when he meets Delilah. It says, sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sarek. Now, the valley of Sarek translates and means the valley of Troy's vine, which, which basically means that Delilah was from a place known for winemaking, Okay. And we already talked about Samson, he's not allowed to drink wine or touch grapes, but he's surrounding himself with the people opposite of his promise. What he was doing, he surrounded himself with somebody who was provoking, um, provocative people. And that's my fourth point, is that are you surrounding yourself with provocative people like Samson did? See, See, Samson had surrounded himself with provocative people and see, there's only two types of people in this world, right? There's only two types of people in your life, right? They're either pushing you to God's promises or they're pulling you to past prisons, right? There's only two of them. And you got to realize who are you surrounded around? Are you surrounded by provocative people who are constantly trying to pull you to the prisons of the past? Or are you surrounded by people who are pushing you to God's promises? And that's something to that have to realize. But what I like about that is that the choice lies on us, right? We can never point to the world point to anybody else, it always falls on us on who are we surrounding ourselves with. And so that's the fourth point is provocative people. And as I'm closing, you know, you probably noticed by now, but trap spells out this, right? If you want to figure out, you know, am I trapped right now? Because I know, I know, I know a lot of times, right? No, nobody wants to be trapped, right? Nobody wants to be trapped in today. Nobody wants to be trapped in life, right? Nobody wants to fall in the trap of the enemy. It's, it's the awareness of this. We need to be aware. What are the warning signs of being trapped? And, and so here, right? Well, am I testing my temptations, right? Am I, am, I te- am, am I constantly getting to the edge and trying to figure out what's the most I can get away with? If you're constantly doing that, you might be in a trap right now. Or am I relaxed in my routine? Am I doing the same thing over and over and over? I'm not pushing myself and I'm comfortable. I'm never stepping out. I'm never stepping forward. I have no boldness. Am I relaxed in my routine? Am I, am I acting arrogant? All right, do I think it's more about me than I am is about God? Do I think my abilities are more important than me trusting God? Do I have more trust in myself than I do in God? 
right? Provocative people. Am I surrounding myself with provocative people? People, am I surrounding myself with people who are pushing me to God's promises or pulling me to past prisons? And so, hey, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Or trap spells out. But as I'm closing, let's turn to Judges chapter 16, 22, and in 28 through 30. It, it reads this. It says, sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the valley of Sarek. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his lifetime. What I like about this is this is after Samson made all these mistakes. This is after he was trapped. But what it says, it says that God still used him even after his mistakes, right? Even at the end of his life, after he betrayed his covenant with God, he, he knew from the beginning, he knew from birth what and what not to do. But he betrayed that. And even after him betraying God, God still remembered him. But I want to encourage people tonight, because you might be saying, Caleb, I'm trapped all the time. I go from trap to trap, to mistake to mistake. I don't think God can really use me because I'm just known for constantly trapping myself in today's perils. But I want to encourage you all tonight. Because right, because when, when Samson realized and, and he prayed to God, it says that he killed more people and more Philistines, right, at that moment than he did his entire life. I think that's a pretty picture of what God can do and what God can use. Because let me tell you something. Even if you give up on God, God never gives up on you. Will you all stand with me tonight? If there's a closing point I want us to talk about, I know it's a quick message, but no matter the trap, never lose your trust. No matter what you feel trapped in, no matter what you have been trapped in, no matter how many people tell you, hey, you're just going to make that same mistake or, or you're going to do this again and again or, or, or you have this past, no matter what it looks like, never lose your trust in God. See, Samson saw what he's done. He was taken prisoner by the Philistines, but he never lost his trust. So if you're in this house tonight, I want us to pray. I want us to pray to not be trapped by this world any longer. I want us to pray to step up to have the awareness to know that we're no longer going to settle for prisons but only for the promises of God. So let's pray tonight. God, I thank you, Father, that you have called us to greater things. You have called us to things to change this world. So we are no longer going to settle for prisons. We're no longer going to settle for traps. But we're going to realize what the enemy is doing and we're going to take notice. We're no longer going to test our temptations. We're no longer going to be relaxed in our routine. We're no longer going to start acting arrogant and put more trust in us. We're going to put all our trust in you, Father. So I thank you, God, that we're going to surround ourselves with people who push us forward to you, Father. So I thank you, God, that starting tonight, we're going to trust you, Father. We're going to believe in you, God. We're just going to lift you up, Father. And that we are no longer going to settle for the traps of life, but only for the promises of you, Father. In the name of Jesus, God, we love you, Jesus. All our faith is in you, Father. 
All our faith is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, one more thing, if you're in this place and you're saying, Caleb, I even said yes to Jesus. I haven't, I, I want, I see that I'm in a, a pattern of being trapped, but I, I want to accept Jesus into my heart. I want to start this journey with him. Then let's say a quick prayer with that. And church families, repeat it after me so we can all do this in one accord um, together. Say, God, I acknowledge that you are my Savior. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. I, I confess that I need you. Because I am a sinner. And without you, I am dead. But with you, I'm alive again. So Jesus, come into my heart and change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media, 